You are listening to the Photo Bomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Good evening. Fresh back from WPPI. WPPI, and you're fresh back from the ocean. Yes, uh, the wife and I took a cruise, a lovely little time there uh, on the seven seas with a uh, boat full of women in wild print clothing. We'll go into that later. <laughs> okay, all right, no problem. First, though, I, I want to I ask you uh, about WPPI. It was your first time going. I've never been. I want some comparison, some contrast. I want, I, I want to know everything about WPPI. I've never been. You know, it was funny if you go to one, uh, if you go to like Imaging USA and you've never been to WPPI, you, there are things that you hear and things that people say. And I think if you do the, the only have ever done WPPI and never been to Imaging USA, I think it's sort of the same way. It's definitely um, sort of objectively, it's kind of like what you'd call a, a hipper crowd. And by hipper, I mean um, everybody just wears black. It's okay. just so much black. I think, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I had like flannel shirts that were multicolored and like, you know, blue jeans. I'm, I'm telling you, black from head to toe is the uniform. But no, I had a fantastic time. Great energy, great people. I, I got to judge the competition, saw some incredible work. Um, you know, saw a lot of people I knew, a lot of people who go to imaging also go to WPPI, but met some great new people. Uh, met some, made some really good contacts for stuff. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. There's a good energy. And about it. the biggest difference was probably in the trade show where the vendors were very, very motivated to get people into their booths. It was like they were doing everything. There were so many giveaways and you're just walking around. People are just throwing stuff at you. I got like a free mini tripod, you know, the ones with the legs that wrap around. They were just giving it away. Walk over. They give you one, you know, and people were there was raffles and spinning wheels and, and just every vendor was just so motivated. Although I think that the trade show was. Maybe smaller because the the vendors that you usually see at a trade show like Imaging USA, you know, you get like the the Miller's booth, the White House Custom Color. They'll be two stories tall, and and it'll right. take up a city. It'll take up a city block. Most everybody seemed to have a smaller version of the booth, with the exception of probably like Nikon, who who does. They don't do Imaging USA or haven't in a while, so they rolled out the big to do for WPPI, and they had a lot of Nikon ambassadors there doing cool programs. There was just a buttload of programs. Like every single vendor, it seemed like that was had a, de- a big enough side booth was having speakers come and do programs in their booths, and like it was the the, the trade show was more energetic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. The trade show felt a little. It was smaller. Uh, it seemed a little smaller, but it was a little more energetic, at least on the one side. And then there's like a second part of the convention or the trade show that was over on the one side, and that seemed a little less energetic, but. Overall, it was a it was a good energy. People were good. I had a great time. I can't believe I haven't gone. I can't believe I've gone this long without going. That's how that's how cool it was. It was really neat. I got to try and go uh, maybe next year. I couldn't go this year because I was uh, I was on the boat uh, with all of the peoples uh, with uh, my wife's deal <laughs> with, the, with 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 the legs. So what 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 people may not know is that your wife is a uh, she's she does Lularoe. Lularoe. She's a Lularoe consultant. Let me just say you right now, Lularoe. Uh, Bobby Perry and Girls. That's where you want to go on Facebook to find my wife's VIP group. And I say this not because I'm shelling, shilling for her, but because I just a couple of weeks ago, I posted a picture of something on just my regular Facebook page. 
and it had uh, Bobby in it. I think she was wearing LuLaRoe. And suddenly I was besieged and deluged with my friends who are females saying, oh, 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 add, her to, add me to a Where's her group? Add me to a group. Add me to a group. People who already buy LuLaRoe and they want to be in her group too so they can buy from her. So, Would you, for, for, for those of us that aren't women and that aren't married to women who do this and have never heard of this, because I had never heard of it until right. you told me that Bobby was doing What is LuLaRoe? Okay, well, it's a new company. First of all, it's only been around for four years. Uh, and uh, it's multi-level marketing, and that is the worst word in the world you can say to somebody like me. Multi-level marketing. Oh, great! So it's Amway, or it's you know, it's Herbalife, or it's one of those companies. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was Bobby. Um, first of all, we we already own three companies, all, all of them doing quite well. But Bobby is a person who, um, you know, like you or me, if we build a company to a point where it's doing well, and now we can te- take a step back and relax. I will coast. I will coast. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, Bobby totally. doesn't like to coast. No, <laughs> she likes. She really likes to build things, like an entrepreneur. So once, like the perp- the beach wedding company started kind of running itself, she could step back a little bit. Like when we started that company, she was in the van, you know, with poles, digging post holes and putting up, you know, things on the beach so we could marry people on the beach. Now she hasn't been to the beach in a year and a half. She doesn't go. To, you know, she had people who do that for her. So she started wearing the clothes. She liked the clothes and she was buying them online. And 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 um, then she started looking at the women who were selling them. And she started talking to some women and saying, what are your numbers? And then she got the numbers and she brought the numbers to me. And then I looked at the numbers because I'm very skeptical at these sorts of things. Because you don't want to be involved with one of those companies that uh, they make their money by getting you to sign up other people to sell. And it, or they make they make money because you got to buy a certain amount of product up there you front. Go. There you go. And right, so you've got yeah. a garage full of product you can't get rid of. Get rid of but if you want to make money, you convince somebody else that they should start doing it too. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, that's not what this is at all. Um, and there's a couple of things on the cruise that, that, that really drove that home for me. But, and also some great Wait, so, some so great the tips. cruise was a LuLaRoe cruise? The entire boat was nothing but women who had qualified for the cruise. It was paid for by the company. Uh, Bobby had qualified. You had to have four months in a row last year where you sold in excess of uh, twelve to sixteen thousand dollars in merchandise. That's a lot of leggings. There were fifteen hundred women on the cruise, and they have another boat going out in three months. Holy cow! Yeah. So this company started out four years ago with uh, the woman uh, making dresses in her own home, and then uh, she started selling them. And then someone asked to sell for her, so that was the first consultant. And then her husband quit his uh, concrete job when it started to grow, and they started buying warehouse space, and then they started getting vendors and et cetera. And they went to $10 million. The next year, they went to $102 million in sales, and last year, they had a billion in sales. That's quite a lot of leggings. A billion. They went from 1,000 people selling to 70,000 people selling in one year. And it's not just leggings. It's leggings. It's dresses. It's shirts. It's, they've got like I, – I don't pay nearly as much attention to it as I should, but it's like 10 or 12 different pieces. And the thing is – and this is what's interesting about it. Here's what I find so interesting is the clothes are – the wild patterns, incredible patterns, these clothes, all these crazy pizza slices, you name it, patterns. But they only make 1,000 pieces – in each pattern, and then that's it. So if you see some leggings with the pizza slices on them and you like that, you better buy it because it's not going to be there tomorrow and your salesperson cannot get more. So they're creating demand. Yeah, so they create demand. So like, and like when you yeah. order, like when you're a salesperson for them and you're a consultant, when you order stuff, you're like, I need 30 leggings and I need 30 of this dress or whatever. You get what you get and don't throw a fit. You can't pick. You can't say, I need black leggings. Oh, well. 
You, you take whatever they send you. And so what it does is it, it creates a uh, thing where women, women have to go and search for what they want. So it creates a, it creates a demand for the product. It's pretty, it's pretty genius, to be, <laughs> to be quite honest. Well, so this, and, and this has taken over your house as yeah, well. Yeah, it took so over my house like... and took over my garage. We now have a, we air conditioned the garage and sealed it off. And uh, now it's uh, taken over the garage. But, you know, I'm a, very, I'm a skeptical guy, but, but, but I went and the owners were on the boat and they were completely accessible and they had nothing but Q&As all day, every day where you could go in and ask any question you wanted. They, they tell you everything there is to know. They just hired a new media consultant to run the media consultant firm uh, into the company. Uh, she's the one who built the Hard Rock brand. Yeah, they're very serious about that, you know. And so one of the things they talked about was, for example, and I found this very interesting, was they said, uh, like, you know, right now, uh, you know, if someone if someone comes in under you, multi-level marketing, if they buy inventory to sell, you get a commission off that. That's being changed. Now it, they have to sell it. You only make money if they sell. And they said, because we don't want to be one of those companies and we don't want to be seen as one of those companies, that it's about the inventory. So they have to sell. So if people come in under you, if they don't sell, you don't make money. So you can't just encourage people to buy inventory because you know it's going to make you money. That's not the way it works. You've got to help them be successful. You have to and help this them is a grow lot their of, business. Uh, a lot of the sales are happening online, right? Well, like you know, they're I going through so. Facebook groups. Bobby does most of hers online, but no, a lot of these women are doing it with traditional, just like Avon and Mary Kay and, and all that stuff. Having, traditional uh, at home parties. Yes. Uh, traditional at home parties. I like how Bobby's doing it. No, like actual interfacing with people. Holy cow. Like it's. <laughs> Well, you and know, here's the thing, though. We were the same way. We were like, how can you possibly do as well with an in-home party as you do online when you've got 10,000 people in a group, you know, you know, buying from you and 50 other consultants? But then we realized when you do it online, you have to photograph every single piece of clothing that comes in, and you have to upload those photographs to Facebook, and you have to manage all that, and there's a huge time sink. And people don't have to do that. If they do it in home, they just take the clothes and sell them. So, yeah, it was great. But there was something I, I, I did want to say. I didn't want to go off on a whole thing on, on LuLaRoe. By the way, it's Bobby Perry and Girls. Search that on Facebook if you want, if you're, if you want to, get in, uh, want to uh, buy some LuLaRoe. Uh, but one of the things that was said uh, by the owner of the company uh, that I thought was great, he was talking about uh, how a lot of the, the women who sell a lot have um, assistants who help them. And he said, and we talk about outsourcing. We talk about that sort of stuff all the time. But I thought this was so so well put. He said there's three kinds of jobs. There's the $10 an hour job. There's the $100 an hour job. And there's the $1,000 an hour job. You don't ever want to be doing a $10 an hour job. No. So if it's a $10 not. an hour job, you get someone else to do it. I don't care if it's cleaning your house. I don't care if it's doing your invoicing or mailing out your product. Or in, you know, in this case, you, know, you don't ever want to be doing a $10 job. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, I can identify two or three $10 jobs that, that we have in my home that if I got someone else to do them, it would free me up to do the $100 an hour job or the $1,000 an hour job in my photography or, business. Or just to watch Netflix, yeah, which is well, fine yeah. too. And then, sure, the quality of life is there too. You know, I don't, but I mean, I've heard people from the very beginning with photography, a lot of people preach, you know, outsource, outsource, outsource. And I'm the person who doesn't tend to outsource because I don't want to pay for it. But then when I, when he put it that way, I thought, yeah, I have some $10 an hour stuff that I do that. Yeah, it's, it's working on, uh, working in your business instead of working on your business. Yeah. Like you could grow your business, get new clients, bring people into your studio. Instead of sitting there and culling a wedding or, or, you know, doing the raw processing on a job, when if you paid somebody to do that, you could be 
working new clients, working on ad campaigns, coming up with ideas for branding or co-marketing with other businesses. We we just started doing this um, recently with the high volume headshot stuff. When we go out and we do like um, 50 people, 100 people at a conference or something, like we're just getting to the point now where I'm not shooting those anymore. And so that's good. That's awesome. Like you, you, if if uh, if it's a job where somebody can sit and do it and be just sort of the trigger guy, just right. taking pictures, right. and then I can be getting another client of that same size. Do you right. know what I mean? It's like right. if it's there's only a certain level of two minutes per person headshots. Like there's a <clears throat> there's a certain level of quality that is possible in that situation. And once you train somebody to shoot at that right. level right. of quality. It's not going to be the same as when you have somebody come to the studio and you spend an hour with them. You're just going to get better stuff. You're going to get more stuff. So, like, for quick, high-volume work, like school pictures for grown-ups, like what we do, I'm totally happy to let someone else do that. <clears throat> just don't let someone else process the images. Let someone else do the retouching because the, I, I'm not getting paid after that. You know what I mean? I'm doing right. a job. Like, if I'm paying, you know, uh, Pixera or RetouchUp.com or some company like that, paying them $2 per image for retouching, and I sit there. It takes me five to ten minutes per image. I send them a hundred, and they do. They they have them back to me in four or five hours. Right. You know what I mean. So like, there's just no comparison as to you know valuing your time. Like you just have to when you look at what jobs am I doing in my business and what am I getting paid for, and you know you you can't. You're essentially shifting yourself into that ten dollar an hour position, and that guess what? You're making that or less when you're doing One it. One of the things that was brought up many, many times because during, during on this cruise, and you've got to remember, this is a cruise that is full of people who are new entrepreneurs. So I'm on right. a boat with fifteen hundred women and their husbands. Most of these women had you know other jobs or they were stay at home moms, and now in the last year they have become entrepreneurs and they're selling you know two hundred thousand dollars worth of merchandise a year, and they're having to deal with everything that comes along with suddenly owning your own business. So there was a lot of discussion about time management and, and how to you know and, and that sort of thing. So it was very interesting to hear some of the things that were being said. And one of the most common things would be what was you know I want to get someone to help me. But I have a system, and and I want to make sure it's done right, and so I don't want you know, I don't want to turn it over to somebody, and and, you, and that's got to be a little bit of a trap for you in the long term. Yeah, no, it absolutely is because you you know if if you are the mule in your business, you can only you, there's a there's a very hard ceiling on how successful you can be. You know, if you're the one that is doing the work, if you're the one that the, nothing gets done unless you're the one doing it, then you, you, you only have so much time in a day, especially if you got kids and you right. got maybe another job or whatever you got going on in your life. Like you can't be now the now the the alternative to that would be that if you are that in your business, but you charge a incredible amount of money per job, then then that works. But if you are middling to low price or not that huge ticket uh, boutique business number, then, you know, you need to find a way to scale it and to cut these things out, you know? I think with Bobby, the problem is so many of the women have this problem too, is that she doesn't want to... I mean, because I've been on her... I've been on her for a while. I'm like, you know, new product comes in and you'll spend half a day photographing it. And come on, I can teach anyone to put a... Put put a dress on a mannequin and take a picture of it. <laughs> Come right. on, there's got to be a, a high school kid who we can hire for ten dollars an hour who will do this Absolutely. for you. And now you've Absolutely. just freed up half a day to spend, you know, marketing, or maybe you can take care of one of your other three businesses that you own, or you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and another thing that people said though is that if you are that way about that, 
then hire someone to do the other stuff. Hire someone to clean your house. Hire someone to cook your meals. Hire Absolutely. hire someone to go pick up your kid in the car line. You know, get get you know yeah. get somebody to come over and be a life assistant if you just can't let go of the reins of the business. Yeah. But, Julie and I have been talking about that because she stays home with the baby and runs the business from right. home, and I go to the studio. We talk about this all the mm-hmm. time. We're at this point where it's like, do we hire somebody to clean the house and watch the baby so you can work, or do we hire somebody to to do the work so that you can be clean the house and watch the baby? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that it's a perfect point like you don't there's not when you're when you're self-employed there's not home time and work time no. necessarily. You just have your time and what you block off and do with that time. So, when you bring that idea into the mix which is fantastic to say, well, if I can't let go of editing and I can't let go of doing the shooting and the editing or whatever else that you could outsource, then you can definitely let go of paying someone else to market for you. Or paying someone else to answer the phones, or paying—you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So you, it, but if you can do that, and it's—it looks huge when it when you first do it. Like, how could you ever afford it? But the truth is that when you get to a certain point, you can't afford not to, because not only are you not going to make your the potential of output of your business is huge once you free yourself up from having to do some other stuff. And so now, instead of being able to take one job on a day um, to do like a volume headshot job, I can take two. Or I can take three. And so once you've got somebody trained to do that for you, then I've just tripled my ability to make money. And even if I'm paying a shooter $50 an hour to go out and do a job, uh, a skilled shooting job, if I'm paying, I'm still making more money because I'm shooting one, they're shooting one, somebody else shooting one, or I'm shooting none. And I go to each job and say hi to the client and I move on. And then I go to a meeting and I go meet with a hotel and a conference center to try and get their business to recommend me to their clients and stuff. Like there's way more I could do. But if you hate marketing and selling and talking to people, then hire somebody to do that and then you go shoot it. And, you know, some people in the photography business, especially the artist types, can be somewhat introverted, you know. And so, you know, I love the idea of just outsourcing the crap out of the things that that are, one, the things that are $10 an hour jobs and then the things that, you know, you're not good at. My problem is that I don't have any 10-hour Ten dollar an hour jobs. I, I mean, I because I, I, you know, I, the things that that typically people say, oh, I'll outsource this. Whenever I do the math and the time it takes me to do it, it always ends up being a thirty five or forty dollar an hour job. Um, and and I'll and, and if it gets to the point where I'm like, I could save a half a day if I send this off to blah blah company and have them do it, but it's going to cost me three hundred and fifty bucks. Well, then I start to go. Well, three hundred fifty bucks for half a day at my computer. Uh, now I'm now that you get the, into the you know where's the limit? How much money? The key, are you the key to pay? is what do you do with that half a day? Exactly. If you if you don't do anything with that half a day, then you just lost three hundred fifty bucks. If you use that time to work on something else that's going to bring more business into your studio, then absolutely it's worth spending that. But any business bucks. that you bring in is at a three hundred fifty dollar loss. Right away, because it has to pay for what you outsourced. I'm just saying so there is a limit to what you can, what you can, you know, with your outsource. It needs to be a ten dollar job, I guess. You know, is what I'm saying. I don't think it necessarily does. I think we might be talking about two different things. I just think that the idea of you cannot grow, you cannot expand past a certain point. Being the only person that does all the things in your business. Oh well, that's true. No, that's there's no doubt. I mean, I've got a photographers who shoot for me, and I'm yeah, yeah. That's that's absolutely true. But I do. I do think, in my case, it's a case of where I've become so efficient at the, at, you know, you give me a, a beach wedding and I can soup that sucker down faster than you, than you can possibly imagine. And what someone would charge me to do it, that's a pretty good hourly rate. 
I'm, I'm okay making that hourly rate. You know, that's my problem. It was t- if it was taking me four days to super wedding and someone would do it for me for two fifty, well, that's a no brainer. I would absolutely pass that down the line. But that's not the case. So, yeah. I, I'm, but I'm so, but I, but there are other things in my life, like you know, yeah, the guy who cleans my pool, the guy who cuts my grass, uh, right? You know, stuff like that. That yeah, that stuff is not worth me doing. If you know, our friend Kevin Newsom cuts his own grass. Yeah. So you know, he'll put p- p- pictures on Facebook all the time, and he's just covered in sweat, you know. And he's like, "Oh, I just came in from cutting the grass," and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing cutting the grass? You, you know, you're sixty something years old, and it's a in Saturday Florida in, in, in July. July. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are you out of your mind? Like a hundred bucks a month, and, and they'll come cut your grass twice a week. What are you doing? He doesn't have uh, he doesn't have any kids at home either, though. So that's you know, you got more free time. We both have kids at home, so that's a little bit different. And Netflix, there is Netflix to watch, Gary. The West Wing is not going to watch itself. That's true. <laughs> got to. These things must be done. Listen, speaking we, of, all right, all right. Wait, yeah, I, we, I got, I got a thing. You do your thing. Okay, because before, before, so, so I can put the whole Lularoe cruise to bed. Here's a couple of just interesting anecdotes you might find interesting. One, I always, I always find your anecdotes interesting. They rented the whole boat, the whole boat, right? So everyone on the boat was Lularoe. Okay, got it. Now, some of the things I thought were cool. Uh, they have a pattern just for the boat. They came up with a, a pattern just for the cruise. So you could get, you know, stuff, you know, that had that pattern. And, and to the associates, it's a big deal. It's a bragging thing. You know, oh, the little road crows, you know, pattern and everything. That pattern was everywhere. It was on the walls. It was wrapping, it was wrapping poles. Uh, their, their logo was on the tables. It was on the cocktail napkins in the bar. It was at the bottom of the pool. One of the flags flying from the mast above the ship was the Row flag. I had no idea that a cruise ship, if you rented the whole ship, would really totally do the ship over for you like that. I mean, uh, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they paid for it. We, oh, I'm they, sure they did. But, but, I, but I was constantly amazed looking around at how much st- – I was like, wait a minute. I, because the, the, the patterns are so gaudy. They blend right in with the typical gaudy cruise ship stuff anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I didn't even pick up on it at first until Bobby was didn't like, he, you know, that's Rose pattern. And I'm like, oh, wow, wow, it's everywhere. So that was very cool. Um, the other thing I discovered is uh, if you want to make the boat non-drinking, which they didn't. It was, there was alcohol. But someone told me that if you want to rent the, have the boat, but no alcohol is served, it's a $2 million charge. A what? $2 million. If, you, if you're like, we want, the, we want the whole boat, great. And we don't want there to be any alcohol on the boat, great. Then, two, you pay $2 million. Two, then that's how much it costs, $2 million. $2 yeah. million dollars to have the bars closed. Well, you think about 1,500 people for seven days drinking. I mean, 3, that's people. a hell of a... 1,500 people and their husbands. So it's 3,000 oh, yeah, so people. 3,000 right. 3, 3, people bar tab for a week on a boat. There's nothing to do on a boat but drink. Yeah. And I bet you you can't give them any amount of money to close the casino. They probably won't. There's <laughs> I mean, enough yeah. money on the planet. Yeah, sure. Here's uh, $6 million if you want to rent the boat. But here's yeah. my favorite moment. The owners of this company are Mormons. And that's how we found out that they that they had actually floated the idea of having no alcohol, and um, so I'm in the buffet. We're sitting down and we're talking to some people, and this one woman we were talking to is hilarious. She had won the lip sync contest the night before doing uh, Michael Jackson. She was just a riot. She's talking, oh, yeah, we're just having a good. She's just a hoot. So we're talking to them, having a good old time. So then I get up to go get myself some coffee. So I'm standing at the buffet line and I'm getting some coffee, and I hear her behind me. And she's talking to somebody behind me, and she's like, oh, I need some cream. And I look, and the half and half is right in front of me. And she's like, oh, I need some cream. And the guy's like, well, I think it's right here. I can just kind of make out what they're saying. So I reach for the half and half to hand it back to her. 
and she taps my back and is rubbing my back and she says and, and she goes oh she goes oh I know this guy he'll you know he'll, he'll let me cut in line to get the cream so I do what any person would do I bend over a little bit at the waist and I start to kind of do a little butt wiggle right <laughs> oh, God. she's behind me she's rubbing my back I know hey, he'll let me cut in you know and I'm like hey 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 a little bit of a butt you know like just a little funny like hey no problem <laughs> and I grab the cream and I turn around and it wasn't her <laughs> <laughs> Gary it was the owner of LuLaRoe it was the owner of LuLaRoe I butt wiggled the owner of LuLaRoe on her own boat oh my god in the middle that's... in the middle of the buffet well, um, that's interesting. That's great. Yes. I was just like, oh, great. So did you have like a bouquet of flowers waiting for you when you got home? I just, no, I just, I just I just, thought, okay, she met me like briefly. She, you know, but I know she doesn't know who I am. And more importantly, I'm, I'm sure she doesn't remember who I'm attached to. That's I need to make sure this doesn't, this doesn't rub off on Bobby. <laughs> you know, but I was just like, oh, I'm so, and it was, and then I turned around and I was like, oh, and then it was, she was gone, and it was I couldn't even apologize for I'm sorry for rubbing my buttocks. That's one of those awkward moments where you're that's every once in a while when you're doing something else that's going to pop into your head and you're just gonna your <laughs> yeah. face is gonna get hot. You're like, oh, like oh, I'm such an God. idiot. I thought it was past those sort of boneheaded you know mistakes. No, no. they just happen of, may, maybe less frequently, but like, you know, yeah, <clears throat> the really the really big uh, you know uh, social faux pas. I thought. It yeah, was, I think I've no. got about a half a dozen all-time greatest hits that I still think about from time to time from my whole life, or like moments where I was like, "Oh God," you know, like most embarrassing moments like that. Oh, and, uh, I have one other thing too. I was listening to a, a Freakonomics today, and they were talking about the guy who wrote the book Bowling for One. And I've talked about that book before when I talk about why people should join organizations like WPPI and PPA, and why they should listen to podcasts like this, and why joining social in, uh, organizations is good for you. And they had an economist on there that was talking about a study that they did trying to figure out um, the American dream and a kid that's born into poverty, what are his chances of rising to the highest 20%? If you're born into the lowest, what are your chances of rising into the highest 20%? And they suspected that surroundings and where you brought up is important. And they decided to check the correlation between this and the guy who wrote the book Bowling for One, where which he said basically... Basically, he said you can tell a lot about a community and its social aspects by how many bowling alleys it has. Because bowling alleys are natural places where people come, they join leagues, and they all come together, and they do things together. And that if you're in a community that doesn't have a lot of bowling alleys, then that's not you, you're, you're going to have a harder time achieving. Because having a social network, having friends and acquaintances and so forth, and being involved with them will get you jobs. It will get you business. You know, it will get you work. It will help you climb. And, yeah, it creates opportunities. And one of the sure things that they use for measuring this is the number of bowling alleys, believe it or not. So he checked his statistics for this whole thing they had done where they had tracked kids moving to other areas. And they said there was a definite correlation between the number of bowling alleys in an area and the ability for a kid to climb out of poverty. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Because the bowling I – mean, it's not the bowling alleys that help him climb out of poverty – but the bowling alleys are a result of a community where there is a social 
more of a social net. It takes a village where people look out for each other. People do things together. They said, for example, it's no coincidence that in their study, one of the cities in the United States that is one of the very best cities, the highest percentage of people who are born into the bottom 20% and climb to the top 20% is Salt Lake, Utah. And it's because of the Mormon church. It's because the Mormon church is so family oriented that you have a better chance there in that community of being interacting with more people all the time who can help you when you need help or can recommend you when you need a job or whatever it is that helps you climb your way out. And I thought, you also, I, I thought Utah, it was fascinating. A, in, in Utah, have a 100% chance of not being able to buy beer on a Sunday. Yes. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> or prophylactics. Yeah. But, but, but I just thought it was, that they said that a, an actual big sign of it is bowling alleys. That, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, community interaction, interconnect. I can't tell you how many opportunities that we get from being involved in the community, involved in our associations. I mean, everybody who we hire to do work for us, when we borrow equipment or when we get opportunities for jobs, referrals, that all comes from our our, our local community of photographers because we get together every month and we meet and we talk and we yeah. help each other out. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've heard people say like, "Oh, well, I wouldn't want to like." You know they're my they're my competitors, and it's so much completely the opposite oh, way yeah. that it's crazy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Well, I I just shot a wedding two weeks ago. Because, how'd you find out about me? Oh, well, we have a friend who's a photographer, but she doesn't do weddings. And we said, do you recommend somebody? And she said, yeah, Bure, he's the real deal. Call this guy. I don't do even know remember, who it is. I don't even know who do, it is, Gary. I, do you I, remember I, last week's episode where you said that you got accosted by a security guard for shooting outside of a building? Yes, that's my client. I referred you for that job. Right. <laughs> 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 I got I, I got home and told Julie that story, and she goes, "Oh yeah, well I sent them to Bure because we were booked." Is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I'm sitting there while you're telling the story. I'm like, this sounds exactly like a client that I have in Tampa. I was like, did Bure steal my client or oh, something? Oh, that's or funny. Like, but it was Julie had referred it to you. She and because uh, she had asked me like three weeks ago. She's like, does Bure do headshots? Because we're going to be in Vegas when this right. person needs this right. job done. And I go, yeah, of course you could do headshots, no problem. And so you got referred the job, and that was my client. Well, I, well, I, see, I'm, I'm trying to remember when they contacted me, if they said that someone had sent them to me. I, don't I think, think I think Julie just gave them a list of a couple of photographers that we knew in Tampa. I think she gave them your name and Kevin's name. How and funny! That was like, yeah, so I'm, how funny thought, that's your I, client. I thought that was a little good follow that's up great. to last week. <laughs> So you can hear Boo Ray tell that story if you uh, tune into last week's episode. So, by the way, speaking of last week's episode, I think that we really, uh, I think we teed up and we really just, we, we whiffed, man. I think we missed a big opportunity last week. Because yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The thing that everyone was talking yes. about that we just, in the photography world, yes. that we just, it took over my news feed. Yes. Beyonce's pregnancy Oh my God, yes. It's almost, I, you know, it's almost, it's almost too much. It's like a... It's like it's like a it's like a clown in the room. You can't acknowledge the clown because it's just too obvious of, of a clown. You know, it's, <laughs> you, I like a more subtle humor. And the yeah. same thing with her with Beyonce's thing. It's like you can talk about it, but why even bother to talk about it? it, it I mean, it, it, what could be said about it that it's so it says it all itself. I just know that in my Facebook feed that every every maternity photographer I know pretty much had reposted that and talked about. Either like they loved it, most hated it, or like, oh, Beyonce, come to me next time, or let me do your pictures. Who loved it? You know what? I actually talked to a guy at WPPI. I was talking to a guy, and it came up in conversation, (laughs) and he said, This is, he goes, it is the most genius photograph you could ever 
do. Because, okay, put, put it to you this way. If you took Beyonce into a studio and you did just a phenomenal, beautiful studio portrait that outlined the belly and it was just real classic and gorgeous and beautiful, how long would people talk about it? Right. They'd be like, oh, yes. there's a pretty picture of the most beautiful woman in the world. Yes, or in, ter- in terms of marketing. So yeah. if, you do, if you do something just bizarre like that, every we're still talking about it. It was like a month ago. Right. You know what I mean? So right. like... It, it, it's it, it's pretty genius because if you're going to get an opportunity like that, I'm not going to if, – if some famous celebrity comes in and wants uh, something from me, I'm not going to give them the normal thing. I'm going to go like, okay, I'm going to try and make the best of this opportunity and make it something that's going to be a memorable portrait, you know? And so in, in, in those terms, it was a, it was a pretty much a slam dunk. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to hire that person for anything. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I question that too. I mean, yeah, I definitely got lots of attention, but will someone else – I mean, if anyone else hires him, it will be because they want him to do something else to get some – a, a ton of social media. That's what I find weird about that scenario is Beyonce at this point, you know, don't you just want a really good, you know, maternity photo and inter- does everything have to be about public image? You know, don't it does, you just it wanna... does if you want to stay famous, you know, yeah, it's I guess. Beyonce. How, she doesn't have to try very hard to stay famous. I don't know, man. There are all kinds of people that are just, you know, not that fam- they're famous when they die again. You know, like who, who was, who was really talking Al about Jero died. Yeah, who? just Al Jarreau. You know who Al Jarreau is? No, that's why I see. Oh, exactly. There you go. That's my point. Al Jarreau died. You don't even know who he is. Al Jarreau sang the theme song to Moonlighting. Oh, okay. And yeah, he sang. Right. He, he sang a bunch of. He was a jack of jazz crooner guy, and and he had he had a bunch of hits. He, like if if I played one or two of them for you, you'd know it. Oh, you know what happens when Julie's grandpa, who's eighty nine, puts on the Easy Listening Station on cable TV while so we have music while we eat dinner? I think I've seen his name come up. Al Jarreau. And in, 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 in like the fun facts on the side. Al sang the theme song to Moonlighting. When, and you can always tell. You know what I'm talking about? The music choice yes, channel. Yes, I know exactly cable. what you're talking about. And so like the <laughs> when uh, uh, you can tell when somebody was either a one-hit wonder or a really boring person when it just gives they were born yes. on this date and died this day. It's like the most interesting thing about them is that they were born and then they died. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we got. Jimmy is from Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah. That's all you got? That's all we could find. That's the whole Wikipedia page for Dexy's Midnight Runners. Did Dexy's they do Midnight any- Runners are from Scotland. That's all we got. Did they do anything else besides Come On Eileen? I don't know. And yet that song has been voted the number one song of the 80s. And you know what's funny about that is I have, uh, I'm a big proponent of Apple Music. I pay for the service or whatever, and it's a lot like uh, Spotify, except I think if you're if you use if you're all in on Apple devices, it's phenomenal. I do the same thing um, with Google, Google Play Music. Right. Yeah, right. So I mean, and and so um, if you, <clears throat> pardon me, there's a station on there called the Mixtape, and it's basically like 70s, 80s, 90s early 2000s just a mix of like top 40 stuff from all these different eras and i tell you what for like a month every time i started that radio station the first dang song was come on eileen to the point where i got so irritated there was like it was like a glitch in apple music that now i hate that song it made me hate that song oh that'll happen yeah that'll absolutely happen uh with google play um i uh i don't care what station uh you pick I don't care what for, I, I want easy listening music from the 70s I want one hit wonders I want hit you are gonna hear Summer Breeze by uh, Seals and Cross <laughs> <laughs> Summer Breeze 
<laughs> See the curtains <laughs> hanging in the window. Little music from the house next door. It's going to come on, baby. I don't care if you pick metal bands from the 70s. You're going to hear Summer Breeze by Seals and Cross. You know, you, know you know what song I couldn't get away from was... Uh, Somewhere over the rainbow by is oh god it oh, followed me around god yeah it was on like it was on dude my, like, I shoot beach it, weddings you think I haven't heard that dang thing a million times oh man I actually own like four versions of it that I have to put into the music for the weddings that Bobby does uh no yeah. I, I, I mean my parents back in the day in their studio when they were doing a lot of in person sales for portraits that was the song that they would use over the slideshow that they would show the client <laughs> so I'm working in my family studio and they would have like six appointments a day and I'm like. Oh my God! Here we go again, and it would be just is. And at the time he was alive, I didn't even know he was dead. He died in like 1996, but he probably should have. You know, he was 700 pounds. He was he yes. was not long. He for, was he lucky was not to make long. it that long. <laughs> he was not long for this world. But yeah, man, that was. Uh, I hate that song, and I hate it when a song stalks you. It's like there's demons in the machines. I hate it. For Bobby, it's um when she was a kid, she worked on this thing in down when she worked Miami Fort Lauderdale when she was like in high school it was like a thing for the tourists where they put you on a boat and they took you out to some island and then you walked around the island or something and then you ate and Bobby worked on the island where you know she so she was like a waitress on the island it was like picnic tables or whatever and then there was dessert which was like fudge sickles or something you know just some terrible I love fudge sickles terrible thing right and um but whenever they brought the dessert out they would play red red wine by UB40 and so to this day, the minute that red, red, when Bobby just wow. dives at the radio, <laughs> she can't turn it off fast enough. So God, God, please don't play red, red wine. <laughs> All right. We got to wrap this thing up. What do you got coming up? Uh, I got to be uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul at MNPPA. Go to MNPPA.com. I'll be there on uh, April 2nd. And then I'll be in Tallahassee at TPPG on April 7th. I will be in Mississippi, Alabama at PPMA in Lake Point State Park Resort uh, on June the 5th. And uh, I've been gone for a week, so I haven't uh, checked in on some of the other dates I might have coming up. So I I don't have those confirmed yet. What about you? Um, I got a couple of things. Uh, May we're doing our uh, Italy retreat. We're taking oh, yeah. a gr- yeah. we're taking a group of photographers to Italy. We're about two thirds of the way full on the trip. So, um, but that's going to be really cool. And we're going to do a Tuscany thing. We're going to have we're gonna, it's not going to be a workshop. We're just going to hang out and drink wine. And we're probably going to set up a couple of shoots with models and go light paint a thousand year old cathedral. Just do some cool stuff like light that. Painting. So, yeah, it'll be wow. a lot of fun. So it'll okay. be a really neat time. And that's going to be uh, May. 6th through the 12th, but all that information is on www.onward2adventure.com. Also, in June, I have a couple of dates coming up. I'll have more information in Austin, Texas, and uh, San Diego. San Diego. San Diego, yes. All right, San Diego. Good weather there. All right, you can find us online, facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find my group online is uh, facebook.com slash group slash profototalk with Boo Ray. You can send us questions and comments, questions at photobombpodcasts. We will answer all. Questions at photobombpodcast.com. Send us any question. Or, or or the Facebook page. Uh, yeah, or go know. to the Facebook page. Yeah, you can do it there as well. Uh, well if you it's can a find, dumb uh, question, we won't answer it. We'll yeah, just ignore you completely. We get a lot of those. Which we don't read a lot of questions on the show because they're mostly bad questions. <laughs> Shh. Don't say that. <laughs> you can find me online at bootrayperry.com, and you can find Gary at HughesFioretti.com. Indeed. We will see you back here next week. All right. See you later. Yeah.